0: Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana.
1: And I'm David.
0: It's Riverdale Season 4, Episode 10, Chapter 67, Varsity Blues. Emotions run high as Riverdale celebrates a monumental spirit week. Jughead considers a pivotal opportunity. Veronica pursues a new
1: passion. We're back.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm so excited. Uh,
0: Like, this is kind of, like, nothing surprising, though I... I have a feeling about the end. A little, I'm starting to feel a little bit more like Jackhead might actually be dead.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that coming.
0: But I think it has more to do with Cole Sprouse as opposed to like the actual... What they're showing us in the story, but I'm more like... I could see Cole being like, no, I'm out. I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. I gave you all four years. I'm done. I, I don't need the money from the rest of my contract. Bye.
1: I, this is not a good turn. This is not a good no. turn coming back to the season. Mm-hmm. After we actually got some momentum. Yeah. This isn't just a fall flat episode for me. I really didn't like
0: it. Uh, Same. But I would say that my distaste for the episode is purely on one one character.
1: And mine is everything altogether. (laughs) And then that one character being the icing on the cake.
0: Yeah. So we start the episode, we see, we've got Jughead narration talking about, you know, hey, like this is, it's spirit week. This is actually great. Uh, We see Cheryl and the other vixens hanging banners in the school. We see the football players dumping water, like celebrating a victory. We see Betty talking to Principal Honey and Archie reviewing plays in the doghouse.
1: Hey!
0: With Veronica. And Jughead makes the point that this would be Archie's last high school career football game because they're playing in the championship. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like that's all like sweet and cool. It's I, I kind of like that. A lot of this episode does revolve around high school shit. Yes, you know, football game, writing an article, interviewing with colleges.
1: It's it's a nice change of pace, or yeah. so it seems. Sure. And so we start off
0: from there in the Stonewall dorm. Jughead's typing away, and Brett's there, and he's just asking about his computers. Like, hey, you should upgrade that. And Jughead says no. The keys are used to my fingertips, plus I'm sentimental and superstitious.
1: Fact. (laughs) Which is really just Jug's way of saying, I'm paranoid, don't touch my shit. No, like, that's just Jughead. Like,
0: don't touch my shit, this is where the magic happens. uh oh No. (laughs) Uh, He gets a text message and he leaves, he's gotta go talk to DuPont. They go over to a classroom and Jughead's like, uh, how did I get an interview with Yale? And so apparently DuPont showed someone at Yale the stories and he's like, you don't seem interested in this. And Jughead's like, yeah, my girlfriend, that's her real school and she didn't get in. Uh, and that's, like, that's a
1: fair way to be like,
0: I'm a little uncomfortable with this.
1: Well, it's a dumb boy move, though.
0: No. Would be dumb would to be not going to the interview and to deny Yale based purely on your girlfriend. That's fair. One of my favorite nuggets of advice from Gilmore Girls. Where Paris has to make a decision. She's like, I don't want to go there because my boyfriend's there, but it's also a good school. And Lorelei tells Paris, you know, not going to a school just because your boyfriend goes to school there is just as stupid as going to a school only because your boyfriend's there.
1: <laughs>
0: so, you know, I like the DuPont. Says, you know, the heart can be a difficult minefield to navigate. But take my advice, figure it out. Don't be foolish. <laughs> <laughs> like we know Dupont's a jerk, but he's he's solid here. We keep
1: riding the line with these principles of: Are they evil, or are they just kind of spiky assholes?
0: Or how about they're all just adults, and adults are not perfect by any means.
1: <laughs> not in this universe.
0: Hell no. Uh, we go over to the speakeasy and. Reggie is trying some of Veronica's new rum. She's got a flavor ready. Reggie asks the obvious question. I thought your dad patented that. You can't use it. And Veronica's like, yeah, but I modified it with spice, so it's a unique flavor profile.
1: Jesus Christ. And
0: it's time to introduce Luna rum to the outside world. And I, I just wrote, She is an idiot.
1: This is stupid.
0: It it is. Stupid. I
1: do I mean I understand that it's not any different than the stupid that we've already been doing with Veronica. It's just we keep doing the stupid. We went back to it. We went right back to it. Yeah. We had this whole thing set up where we could go in a new direction and we went right back to the same bullshit. Yep. And we're at a point now where I'm no longer willing to forgive it because Mm of that.
0: Yeah. We go back to school and Cheryl and the cheerleaders are walking down the hall and they run right into Principal Honey. He's like, oh, this is fortuitous. I'd like you to meet someone. This is Miss Appleyard to be your new coach, to which Cheryl instantly becomes insufferable. But cheer season is almost done. And Miss Appleyard says, I can handle this, Holden. Holden, holden honey. Honey. Yeah, Holden, Holden Caulfield. Holden. Oh, there's no fucking doubt. Honey is Stonewall prep alum. I'm calling it. He's a Stonewall alum.
1: Which is why he's so angry about Stonewall winning things.
0: <laughs> there's that. And that is who DuPont calls to kill the article.
1: Yeah, it's probably fair.
0: Yep. There's no doubt in my mind. So Miss Appiard is like, I'm, I will be fine. And Cheryl goes right in with, look, I'm not sure what Honey has told you, but we don't need a coach. I run the show around here. However, we are looking for a launder woman.
1: Jesus. Oh, my God. Right away.
0: Right away, you're an insufferable bitch. Uh huh. Like, it's not even like, no, this is beyond unacceptable. She's
1: learned nothing.
0: No. And she just gets worse. And then she tries to make other people feel bad for it. It's awful. Cheryl is an insufferable human being here. You've, mm-hmm. you, I don't give a fuck what you do with her anymore because she's irredeemable. I don't care what you do to her anymore. You've ruined it. I do like this adult is instantly, we're going to change things up. The Vixens are a cheer squad, so we're going to focus on cheers, not singing and dancing to pop songs. Now gather your things and meet me on the field. And Cheryl's response is like, did you just give me an order? And Appleyard replies, I led my last team to nationals three years in a row. I think I know what I'm doing. Cheryl has no comeback for this. No. Like, she's been shut up because she can't do anything. This woman's not scared of her, which holla fucking luya! hmm And it's like, no, you're supposed to be a cheer squad. Y'all don't do anything that's cheering. Y'all dance around, which that's a whole other thing this episode. Oh, we'll get there. Ugh, it's gross. Mm-hmm. So bad. Go over to the Blue and Gold, and Betty is interviewing Monroe and Archie and Reggie about the big game. And they're all just super excited. A recruiter's coming from Notre Dame to look at Monroe. Archie's really excited. He says, we're going to win. And- Reggie says that Stonewall sucks, which is very eloquent. Um, but the only reason they're undefeated is because they play dirty. And they don't play to win, they play to hurt. And so Betty writes this down in super big letters on her reporter pad, so this is obviously very important.
1: A story. A story, y'all, a lead.
0: We go over to El Royale and Archie's talking with Frank, and they're, you know, just kind of hanging out and Frank saying, you know, I'm I'm excited to see you play. If your arm's half as good as your dad's, I bet you got a hell of a throw. And Archie's kind of like, well, I, you know, Frank, you know, I've been thinking, and Frank has some really manic energy here, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I appreciate you uh, putting me up. It's been great getting to know you. Your dad raised you well, but I think I gotta leave because I paid my
1: respects. I don't even know if it's manic; it's just nervous, and like, I'm not comfortable in this town. <laughs> And Archie's like, no, I, I wanted
0: you to stay here. You could help out here or at Andrew's Construction. And <laughs> Frank's like, yeah, the only problem is if I stay here, that means you have to t- telling my mom you're in town. And Frank's like, yeah, there's just not a lot of love lost there. And Archie, you know, plucky Archie says, whatever happened between you guys in the past, I'm sure you can work it out. She'll probably be happy to see you cut directly to the two of them sitting on a couch like they are in super big trouble. And Mary. Just not having
1: it. Mm-mm. She's uh, not into this idea
0: at all. She calls him out on like, you didn't show up for the funeral, to which Frank says, I was on a crab boat. I didn't get the news until a month ago. Okay. Fair. And Archie says, you know, I was going to get him a job at Andrew's construction. You asked my son for a job? <laughs> no, it was my idea. And Mary's just pissed. Mark my words, Archie, the second your uncle has to do even an ounce of work, he'll bolt so fast your head will spin. So like, okay, Mary does not like Frank. No, not at all, and she thinks he's clearly like lazy. Uh, like, so there's something, some shit's gone down.
1: Yes, I mean it. It all comes to a head later, yeah. but uh, it just right now we just know she hates this guy's fucking guts. Yeah,
0: milkshake time. It pops. And it's Betty and Jughead, and Jughead's not really present. No. Betty's like, Jack, what? we've been dipping that french fry for five minutes. What's going on? I have an interview with college recruiter for Yale. I hope it's okay. And Betty gets really cold. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be? Because I got rejected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, that's fair. It's totally fair. This is awkward. Like, it, it's a weird thing when you get something that you didn't care so much about, but that you, you might have a chance to get something that somebody else really did care about. It's weird. But she is
1: visibly perturbed.
0: She's annoyed. She's like, I would never ask you to turn down an opportunity like that. That's life changing. And she's like, I got to work on my article for Mr. Honey. He asks about what's going on. It's like, oh, you know, Brett's team captain. Because of course he fucking is. Like, you really want me to interview that jerk? It could mean drawback for your piece. So hit has got a point.
1: Jughead always has a point.
0: He does. We head on over to the cheer office and Cheryl's got a basket of muffins. She's going to buy off this teacher. I guess. <laughs> that was her intent. The teacher's not here for it. We got off to the wrong, repeto-covered foot. I'd like us to find a way to work together in blissful harmony. And App Weird's like, Cheryl, I'm the coach. You're the athlete. The power structure couldn't be clearer. Thank you, adult. <laughs> As for your muffins, could I suggest a little less time baking, a little more time in the weight room? This bullshit. is fucking bullshit. Cheryl's instant reaction to this is, my body is perfection, you crone. So Albiar didn't make a single comment about her body. Yeah. Not one fucking bit. Hm. Cheryl's response is basically, fuck you. I'm not doing I'm not doing any work. I'm not. No. So the tone, the message that's kind of being sent here is that Cheryl, who played by Madeline Pench, has a very typically standard great body. Yeah. Just, that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear a fucking thing from this cast about defending what their body looks like because this is bullshit. (laughs) And the intent from that adult was quit baking and get to work. Now, they could have added some nuance and said instead of get to the weight room, could have been like, you need to work on your strength training or made it a little bit more specific. Make it so that there was no implication on appearance.
1: But there is. I mean, that's... That's the biggest problem here. We're getting wrapped up in the Cheryl of it all, Mm -hmm. which I totally agree with. But this scene is bad because the suggestion of appearance was made to start with. Apple Yard's line is the beginning of the problem. It's fucking lazy. It's not. It's lazy writing, but it's Cheryl's
0: reaction that makes it seem like what she's saying is wrong. She's a coach. This is an athlete. No comment has been made about her appearance. Cheryl infers that and then makes it about her appearance. That's why it's lazy on the one hand and it's fucking ridiculous on the other. It's bad all around. But I'm pissed because you're trying to make this body positivity message with someone who looks like Madeline Petch. This is fucking bullshit, and I'm pissed about it. Especially after the bullshit that RAS said at Comic Con this year about Shannon Purser. Like, fuck you. Mm. You're a jackass about pretty much anybody and you treat all of your characters except for Betty like garbage. I'm very mad.
1: Why are we watching this show?
0: Like I like legit was mad at this show and let me tell you. I don't know if we're going to be able to do Sabrina cuz I'm <laughs> I'm fucking pissed. Uh, as of the recording of this episode, I've watched 4 episodes and I have Detected no less than four things that I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the third season of this bullshit, and you're still doing this. I'm mad. I'm really, I'm really disappointed. I'm just so over this garbage.
1: I'm dead to this show. Like I am numb to it.
0: Well, that's not great.
1: <laughs> it is making me feel nothing.
0: So that's to me is where I, I'm super beyond pissed. I can roll my eyes and get mad about the other shit. But that's where I'm just like, nope, I'm done. I do not want to see any more shit from Cheryl Blossom because it's all fucking for naught.
1: Well, I'll fill in for the rest of it. (laughs) Sure. My anger and frustration. You can be
0: angry about the other things because I put all my anger (laughs) into the Cheryl storyline. So, okay, there's enough anger to go around. There we go. You know, cool. So we go over to Stonewall and Betty's there to interview Brett. And she's like, okay, I wasn't going to interview you. But then I heard rumors that your team plays dirty. And, you know, he gets all high and mighty. He's like, sweetheart, it's not a knitting circle. It's social Darwinism in uniforms. Football is a sport of gladiators, and you win by debilitating and slaughtering your enemies. Ew. So he gets up and is like, you can quote me on that. And she's like, I bet your ass I will psycho. Riverdale. Ugh. All right, so we go to Speakeasy, and Veronica is presenting to people. It's like, okay, here's here's my rum. It's great buy it. And they're like, great, we'll take some. You're a
1: fucking teenager. This is bullshit. You ready for me to go off? Here we go. This is fucking ludicrous that a 17-year-old is selling liquor to fucking suppliers. Yep. What in the shit? What in the shit? Like, there is there is no nothing, logical universe where this would work, there, ever. There's nothing
0: plausible about this at all. It's, it, and it's just, it's annoying. It's just annoying.
1: Well, it's It's annoying, but again, you've gone back to this, well, what, like three different times now? I don't even care. At a certain point, when is enough enough for them?
0: Well, we'll
1: get to that. Do something to change the dynamic.
0: We go back to the Stonewall dorm, and Jughead goes to his desk, and he finds a box with a nice new laptop with a skull and quill note on top. And in walks Brett. Good writer needs the best tools. And Jughead's like, did you get me this? No, it's from Quill and Skull. Speaking of which, meet us in the basement tonight. 10 o'clock sharp. Dare I ask why? You'll see. There's no way that computer's not bugged. Like,
1: There's just no way. (laughs) It's like, here, here's this thing I'm going to use to spy on you. I have to ask, did Jughead suddenly become stupid? Uh, He's not being very guarded. Well, okay. To be fair, in this episode, I don't believe we see him using the computer. That's fair. But I'm just... The I- show up in the basement at ten o'clock. You know this is a secret society. Why are you going down there?
0: Because it's affording him things. Uh, I know. Here's here's what's happening. Jughead's not becoming stupid. He's becoming comfortable.
1: Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair.
0: His guard is not quite as up. He's still Jughead, but he is not on this high alert that Brett's going to kill him. So His girlfriend is going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut on over to Honey's office with the vixens. And he's like, what What do you want, Cheryl? And she's like, we're going on strike during Spirit Week, no less. You must fire Miss Appleyard. She's a rotten scourge who has afflicted our divine sisterhood. I'd hate for there to be a big vixen-shaped hole during the most important football game in the year, nay, the century. And I'm just, I I do like that Honey just kind of looks at her and laughs because it seems like he caves, but at the same time, it's just like, no, this is stupid. You know, he says, I usually don't respond well to threats, but in this case, I'll consider it, which, you know, so, okay, so for everything we've seen from Honey, he ain't put up with her shit. he's called the cops on her parties. He's canceled her stuff. He sent her to therapy. was actually a really good idea. Uh And that was actually good on you. And like they struck a deal that was actually really fair. Yes. So, like, he's not a good dude, but he's just not here for Cheryl's bullshit.
1: Well, and all he's doing is buying time as a delay tactic. Sure. Get the team out of my office so I can figure out a plan mm-hmm. and we'll move from there. But it comes back to we could have put Cheryl down in the middle of this and say, you have to learn. How to submit to some authority in this situation. Well, the thing he should
0: have done was just say, look, you're going to learn to cheerlead the way Miss Appleyard wants you to, or you won't be a cheerleader. Those are your options.
1: And none of you will. (laughs)
0: Like, that's fine. And later he does assert his power. If you don't show up, you're banned from prom.
1: But why didn't you do that in front of Cheryl? It's the lazy writing. I know exactly what
0: the problem is, is. It is lazy writing. And it's also just like, Nobody is willing to like stand up to Cheryl. And it could also be the fact that there's clearly something else in the works because I previously said that I thought Honey and Burbo were in cahoots to a degree. Yeah. And so that there could be something there where I could see Honey being like, I don't want to like push her to the edge. Clearly she's on the edge. So I need to like bide my time with her. Like I could see there being something. It's still lazy as fuck. I'm not, but I'm just. Trying to be like, what's the deal with Honey? There's an angle with Honey here that we have that hasn't been revealed.
1: Well, it should have been revealed by now.
0: Uh, Honestly, this episode, we should have seen more of it, and we kind of do in the whole he wants to beat Stonewall, but that's a different thing. Eh. We go over to Pops. And Betty is there. She starts her little recording device and she's interviewing football players. And we get a little montage. We get about three or four of them rotating. And we find out that, yeah, they are being paid off by the refs to hurt the other team. That's like a bounty. And if you have been a fan or at least a watcher of Sabrina, you will notice Billy Marlin is one of these guys. He's got a cast on his arm. He got that cast from Theo. Hey. <laughs> In a spell gone awry. So I, I really like that they had him here. I will say this, Sabrina, in the episodes that I've seen, has made some really funny comments about Riverdale. Nice. And here, I like this inclusion, especially since this is the first episode out that came out just before season three started. So yeah, you know, it's all it's all a horrible thing. Uh, we go over to the El Royale gym and we see our football guys are working out. Monroe says, hey, I'm going to leave. He goes outside And he hears some noises, and then a bunch of dudes in bunny masks show up, and then we cut back inside the gym, and they hear the kerfuffle, and they run outside, and Monroe has been Nancy Kerrigan'd. They call the ambulance. They know exactly who it is who did this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We go back to the Stonewall basement, and Brett's there a little bit late. I, I had a prior obligation. So the implication is that he was a part of the group that that beat up Monroe. Well, duh. Yeah. So, okay. Now we have to tell our deepest, darkest secrets, and we're recording for archives.
1: <sighs> I'm so mad. I This this was the moment I wanted to throw things.
0: Donna tells a story about her uncle making a pass at her, and when her mom didn't believe her, she started cutting herself. She shows her arm and the scars. Brett tells a story that when he was 14, his father got him a hooker to become a man, and he cried the whole time. But he didn't tell his dad because the truth is he was afraid he'd kill, him, he'd kill me.
1: None of this was necessary. No. Like there's a way to talk about traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And they do it with Jughead. Jughead's was done well. And the reason it feels so cheap is because the first two are so ridiculously over the top. Well, here's here's why they feel that
0: way. We don't know anything about Brett or Donna at all as characters other than they're horrible people. Yes. So those things happening are horrible things. Yes. Don't, not trying to pretend they're not, but why do I care about these horrible people and this bad, this is their
1: deepest, darkest secret? I mean, when they're just complete antagonists. Yes. The only thing that that proves to me is that you Desperately wanted to write a scene where somebody showed their cut up arm.
0: Well, you and that's gross to you me. You are trying to make us have sympathy for these characters that you've not earned at all in any way,
1: and instead it just comes off as cheap sensationalism.
0: Exactly. Jugheads, you know, his this is something that he did or he didn't do that he has tremendous guilt about, and I do like it. Honestly, could have just been I used to be homeless, that could have been the whole story, yeah. Because Jughead does have shame about that mm-hmm. in and of itself. So I do really love that. And I, they did give him this really like interesting story. And then they added the bit where he's like, I've never even told Betty that. And and this is on top of Jughead hasn't told Betty about the secret society either.
1: Yeah, he's keeping stuff from her.
0: He's keeping stuff from her. And it's like, oh, whoa. So like, this is a cool character moment for Jughead. But the way we got there fucking sucks. Oh, yeah.
1: I wanted to throw thanks. I was so angry.
0: So <sighs> I get another horrible Cheryl scene. She's
1: reading The Art of War. Why?
0: That's kind of funny. Is it though? Okay, it is funny for someone like Cheryl to be so incensed by the existence of Applegar to be reading The Art of War. That is funny. I guess. That is funny. Because that is playing on the ridiculousness of the situ- that of the situation that Cheryl is creating. But she's not being smart or clever. She's being a petulant, spoiled fucking brat. Yeah. That's what she is. That's all she, she amounts to be when all is said and done. So Tony comes and gets her in the doghouse. Hey. And she's like, babe, don't lose your mind. But we've got a major problem. <laughs> so they go to the locker room and all of the River Vixens are there. And she's like. What villainy is this? Speak, fiends. Mr. Honey threatened to ban us all from prom if we refused to cheer. He said we'd ruin Spirit Week. So you all caved and betrayed me? And I'm just like, you know, this is absurd.
1: Who would fight for this person?
0: Why do you as people put up with this crap from a fellow student? No one would. No No, one. No one would. And here's the thing. Mr. Honey's threat is fair. Yeah. You are defying a teacher. So you know what? I'm going to take away your student privileges, like going to prom.
1: Fair. It's not difficult. Nothing about this is unreasonable except the inhumanity of this character. It's it's rage inducing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so then it's this whole thing like, who sucketh off the imposter, Appleyard? Oh my god. And it's just like, yay, we're threatening teachers now. Like, it's just bad. Like, the only thing I can say, yay, Appleyard, is she's just not phased by Cheryl.
1: I mean, she's not, but again, if the focus is Cheryl, Mm -hmm. then that just makes the adult weak and ineffectual, especially for how this gets resolved.
0: Yeah. Well, it doesn't get resolved. Like, all the way around. There is no resolution. As far as we know, in this episode, Cheryl has gotten away with this. Yeah. Now, now I do really hope that that's not the case going forward. I can't imagine Honey's going to let this slide. No. So, we'll, we'll see. But in terms of this episode, she got the fuck away with it. It's a pile of shit. Oh, everything about Cheryl. Delete it from my brain, please. So, now the bulldogs show up at Stonewall and they fight. The Stonewall stallions and Jughead gets in the middle. He does try to break it up. So that happens.
1: But to do like Archie getting pissed about welfare cases. Yeah. That was pretty good.
0: That was good. At the jail, Frank comes and gets Archie and is like, Are you alright? I've been in a worse fights. Thanks for coming. I couldn't call my mom. She's got enough to worry about and Frank's like, you yeah, know, that makes sense. And then Jughead goes to his Yale meeting. I'm Gerald Brooks from Yale Admissions. Have a seat. I'd like to start by complimenting your writing. I'm sensing H.P. Lovecraft is an influence. <laughs> and is like, whoa. I'm not used to people actually treating me like a real writer. Ah, uh, well, at Yale, everyone earns their spot. Should you be accepted, you will succeed or fail on your own merits, Mr. Jones. Bullshit. <laughs> okay. You get on your own merits, my ass. <laughs> what? What is this whole meeting? your merits no they're fucking
1: not Uh, your your merits plus forty thousand dollars so we go
0: over to pops and frank and archie are having a burger and a conversation and this is actually i really did really love this scene this is great so what happened uh those stonewall bastards attacked my friend they bust up his knees so he can't play oh so you went looking for payback don't be ashamed i'm the last person to be judging anyone especially when it comes to fighting for your friends your dad was the same way Archie's like what <laughs> I, was like, I mean your dad was pretty level-headed all things considered except when someone came after a friend or a family member he'd turn into a bit of a madman he could be brutal in a bar fight and Archie's like I can't imagine my dad throwing punches he taught me every sport but not boxing you box yeah I was serious about it for a while me too I boxed in the army what weight class welterweight you any good at it well, this one time, a boxed bear.
1: Hey! Hi, writer! Hello, secret writer!
0: <laughs> Hello, secret writer who clearly is listening to us. Uh-huh. Every, like, oh, man, I love it. I love it. <laughs> that was great because that is, I think, the second time they've talked about They've mentioned the bear that KJ is like, I fucking hate that bear. We go over to Veronica's room and Betty is there to ask a favor. It's a B and V caper. Dan, but it's just going to be V because Brett knows me. So. Veronica is going to go put on her femme fatale charm and wear a wire. A wire? A wire.
1: Jesus Christ! She's a junior this?
0: FBI agent. She knows things. Also, where is Charles? <laughs> and where is Jelly Bean? Where, where the
1: fuck is Jelly Bean?
0: Where is Jelly Bean? And where, where are the siblings? We've just sent them all away. <sighs> So we get, we head on over to Andrew's house and Archie's doing his homework and Mary shows up. Anything interesting
1: happening today?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. FP called me, so don't. <laughs> Yay, parents. Well, of
1: course FP called. Uh,
0: yeah. Hey, there was a time where FP wouldn't have called. I
1: know, but like, you told me you were done with fighting Red. <laughs> uh, I love it when he calls him Red. <laughs>
0: it makes me so happy. But it's just so cute. It's just. This is great. It's such, uh, again, I love it when Archie's big, dumb Archie. He's just a dumb teenager boy. KJ's really good at that. In uh. this scene, we f- we find out that the D.Y. that we heard about in season one mm-hmm. on Fred's record was actually Frank's. Frank was on a bender and he crashed the car into a telephone pole and it was the third strike against him. So he he would have done jail time. So Fred covered for him. And then Frank repaid him by skipping town the next day. And so Mary's like, that's the kind of man that Frank is. So you can play in the football game, but otherwise you're grounded. No car privileges for a month. She just runs out of the
1: room. Or she's like, oh, Oh,
0: this fucking sucks, mom. (laughs) (laughs) We go to the Stonewall party. And Veronica's like, it's not just a football party, but it's being hosted by Stonewall's lame-ass secret society. Because Betty is listening on the wire, because of course she is.
1: Because they're able to make this work, I... What is this?
0: So she, she introduces herself as Monica. She's got that stupid blonde wig on. Okay. Her being
1: Monica it's great. is very funny. It is
0: very funny. And she's like, <laughs> would you happen to be rum drinkers by any chance? Because if you are, I'm taking orders. And Brett just looks at her and says, go back to my room undress and wait for me. Excuse me? What? You said you were taking orders. Wow. It's quite, quite the flex, but I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is great. It's a bold move. It is a bold move. <laughs> so, like, then we cut to a little bit later, and they're talking, and she's like, it's all over social media that the top dog is out of the mix. And we see Betty going, that a girl set the trap. That's so
1: obvious, though.
0: Yeah, and then, I mean, Brett's drunk, so he, well, drunk, he's drunk enough to not really pay attention yes and so he says we make our own luck and then jughead walks in veronica jughead? jughead i thought your name was monica what huh and so veronica goes over she's like what the hell are you doing here what are you doing here i go to school here why are you in a wig <laughs> since when are you part of a secret society what does betty know because if not she does now.
1: <laughs> that was
0: very cute. I loved that.
1: Teenage hygiene, Teenage
0: hygiene. So we cut over to the blue and gold and Jughead is there. Apologize. I didn't tell you because it's a secret society. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. And she's like, you know, four months ago, you didn't even like those guys. You wanted to drop out and come back to Riverdale. Yeah, but I stayed. And you know what? I'm glad I stayed. I got a book contract, Betty. Don't forget about your Yale interview. Thanks to your new friends. Bitter. Bitter Betty, you are mm-hmm. a bitter Betty. <laughs> and so, like Jack is like, okay, so I got an interview with Yale because I'm a member of the society. If I get accepted, it's because of my writing. Does that make me such a horrible person? And Betty is clearly jealous. No, but we're keeping secrets from each other, and I hate that. Jack is like, okay, that's where I messed up. I should have told you what was Veronica doing there. So they kind of go back and forth, and he's like, how can I make it up for you? I messed up a classic B and B scam, <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't think. You can help me. I'm just going to have to do this with unnamed sources. And I don't know if that's going to be enough. Yep. So Okay. All right. We go back to the El Royale gym and Frank is boxing and Archie comes. and She's like, okay, my mom told me about the DUI. And Frank is like, I was going through rough patch. I was in Riverdale between tours and I was having trouble dealing. And this was before I realized I needed counseling for what I went through in Desert Storm. Yep. And I don't remember much of that night. But I woke up the next morning. Your dad had already taken the blame. And I would have never asked Fred to do that, but he did it because that's who he was. And I took off because that's who I was.
1: And I never got the chance
0: to make things right. Yeah. So like. Some real shit. That's like, that's some real shit. And it's also like, I like that we're not like pretending that like this is cool or good, but it's also like, I'm, I was a huge fuck up.
1: A a huge fuck up who is also struggling.
0: Yeah. Like, like he doesn't know how to exist here. With Archie and Mary, and he certainly wouldn't. if Fred was here, he wouldn't know how to deal with that either. no. like this fucking is
1: weird. It clearly took him decades just to figure out how to be a person again yeah. after being at war, yeah let alone having to deal with interpersonal relationships. Yeah. so like it's it's a rough go for him.
0: like this is this sucks. And, like, you know, your dad saved me from something horrible. And I didn't get to fix it. I didn't get to say thank you. Yeah. So that sucks. Now we got on over to the speakeasy, and Veronica is boxing up rum, and Hiram is here. Oh my god. Blah 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 blah. And basically, he found out about what was going on with the rum from one of the restaurateurs. They called him, so he serves her with a cease and desist order because he had his chemist look at the rum, and it's like you added some shit to it, but essentially the base is mine.
1: And one of the main lady who speaks when she's giving stuff to suppliers is a friend of Hiram's. Yeah.
0: So he's like, you know, if you make another bottle, I'll see you and shut down this whole operation or we could team up. And And at
1: first, I'm like massive eye roll.
0: No, this is Hiram's play. This is his play with her all the time. But to her credit, well, she says that would be a hell no for me. And he's like, why are you so stubborn? You wanted me to go straight and I have. Why won't you accept me out of spite? And thi- this is the line where I'm like, okay, she's actually taken some of what Burble told her. And it's like, you got to end this shit with your dad. Because mm-hmm. y'all are obsessed with each other. Like, this is absurd. This is this is not going to end well for either of you. No. And she goes, maybe it's too late. Maybe too much damage has been done, daddy. And that's what it feels like. And he's like, okay, if that's how you feel, I should go. Good luck with everything. And he
1: goes. It's an interesting moment. I, I especially like Hiram's delivery of that line beforehand. Yeah. Because he drops the gamesmanship. Yeah. And I, it feels like he's earnestly asking. You wanted me to go straight. I'm now doing a legitimate business. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer in illegal stuff. What is it that's stopping you from well, coming just, back to well,
0: this? Yeah, it's like I did everything you wanted me to do. So like he's trying to be like, is this just your pride? And she's just like,
1: too no. much. Too much has happened, Dad. And it's like no. It's just we can't go back. Yeah. And it's actually a. Suddenly, oh, this is kind of a good moment for Veronica. So I take that back. It it got really annoying, but I'm glad that they made this one little turn.
0: Like it the the one misstep I will say here is that where is Hermosa? We don't see her this episode. He's at the game with somebody, but it's not Hermosa.
1: It's the lady who was Oh, okay. At it's the, the restaurant lady. Thing.
0: Okay. That's why I couldn't place her, but I was like, that's not Hermosa. And that was a mistake to me.
1: Where are the siblings? Yeah, where are the siblings? They sent them all away. They've all disappeared. They're just gone.
0: We cut on over to the Stonewall dorm, and Mr. DuPont's there. And, and he's just like, can I come in? Oh, sorry, it's messy. I heard from one of your classmates that your girlfriend is working on some kind of salacious article that would be a stain on our school, and I'm wondering if you could possibly discourage her. And Jughead very rightfully says, I'm not going to tell Betty what she can and can't write. That's just not how our relationship
1: works. He, he takes a good... Second, but he sucks it up. And he's like, nah, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs>
0: and he's like, if that affects my chances at Yale, to which DuPont just like, wait, no, since I appreciate the candor. In fact, the other reason I stopped by was to invite you to sit with myself and Mr. Brooks in the alumni section of the game. Hope to see you there. Okay. All right. Yeah, like I, I appreciate that. Like, I'm not going to tell my girlfriend not to do something.
1: Oh, there's clearly a longer game with DuPont. Too. Oh,
0: sh- he's got to keep tabs on that boy.
1: But I like the fact that he, I like the fact that in this moment, he's not going to use that against him. Nope. He wants to, see, part of it is he's trying to see where his morals lie and what he's willing to compromise.
0: Well, where, where's the line with Jughead? What's yeah. too far for him?
1: And honestly, the line is someone he cares about.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. We go back to the El Royale gym and Monroe's trying to work out. And Archie's like, how bad is it? If I stand on it for more than 10 minutes, I feel like someone's hitting my knee with a hammer. Ow. The doctor said if I play, I could cause permanent damage. And Archie's like, I'm really sorry. And Frank comes over. Let me ask you if you could play through the pain, would you do it?
1: And already I'm going,
0: fuck, no, 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 no. He's going to give him pills. Oh, I hate and this. and Archie's and like, no, you're not gonna do this, and there's no way. And ugh, I'm just like, ugh, we have a bad adult. We have a bad adult. Bad adult warning.
1: Yeah. I, I I earnestly want to believe that Frank is a misguided adult, like early FP.
0: Yeah, I there's I feel like there's an element here where he's just trying to make Archie like him and make his do something good for him well if i help your friend your team wins that'll make you happy like it's that type of thing like but it's like you're going about this in the wrong way
1: but i just i hate the idea of this being the thing yeah i don't i don't like it either just like let him be problematic but he doesn't need to be a fucking drug dealer Mm -hmm. which is where we're headed with this
0: so we go over to honey's office and honey's yelling at betty This is not the piece I asked you to write. She's like, no, it's better. It's an expose about a culture of violence that's fostered at Stonewall Prep. Damn, (laughs) Betty. He's like, nope, we can't do this. Uh, Now, I advise you to write the article that you agreed to deliver, a story that celebrates your classmates and your school. Or don't. There's no way in hell we're printing this. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you, adult. And Betty knows this, right? Betty's going in to fight for the peace, but she knows I don't have actual sources.
0: Yeah, she doesn't have proof to stand on because then it would be harder for him to ignore it. Yeah. Like, he still could. But, like, I also appreciate adult just being like, no.
1: (laughs) Do what you were told. Bye. Like, number one, no on principle. And number two, even if I thought it was good enough, no. I would get sued immediately. Yeah. It's game day. We go
0: to the locker room and Monroe comes in and Archie's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not going to fight you, Red. I'm not sitting this one out. I can't. It's like, why aren't you limping? Did my uncle give you those pills? And Monroe's just like, a scholarship to Notre Dame's on the line. It's changed my life, my family's life. I go pro, they're set. This is my choice to make, not yours.
1: Monroe's going to get addicted to pills. I'll, I'll call it. Here's a prediction. <laughs> I'm going I'm to call my shot. He's going to get addicted. And it's going to ruin his chances of football. <sighs> and we're going to have to sit here and yell about it. Yep. That's what's coming.
0: Because, of course, that's what they do with the person of color. Mm-hmm. They introduce
1: him the show. Of course. Who was previously in jail. Cool. Great. I mean, if they don't, great. He goes to Notre Dame. Everybody's happy. <laughs> right. But honestly, I don't fucking trust them. Give someone else a pill addiction. Let's give that to Archie now. Let's just give it to Frank. Well, it's clearly
0: something Frank's probably already dabbled with. We're at the game. And Jackie comes to sit with Betty. Aren't you lost? Shouldn't you be on the Stonewall side with Jeez. all the Yaleys? Come on, Betty. And he's like, I don't think that's going to happen. Plus, I've already met a, a bulldog, which is very cute because the Yales are the bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that,
0: that's cute all out. And he's like, how'd it go with honey? Well, the game's happening. So I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica sees her dad and the lady from the restaurant, which you've pointed out. And Reggie sees us like, hey, Ronnie, you want to get back at your dad? Yeah, any chance I can. Parking lot, halftime, meet me. All right, whatever. This was some stupid Reggie, Reggie nonsense. Veggie, veggie, veggie. I did like veggie way more than Archie. But Varchie has been really good this season. I know. They did the I work.
1: Know. I they know they did. did.
0: I can't even be mad about it. They did the work. But let's break up Bughead. Because that sounds fun. Because she's going to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just accepting that that's probably not even some big plan that's like, eh, he kills Jughead. Okay, cool. Cause the, but why? Because you know, she's crazy. Because the darkness has been released.
1: Anyway, football, ball, football, ball. All right, they
0: do a huddle, and Archie is like, "We got to protect Monroe," and and Monroe's like, "No, you don't." And he's like, "No, they came after you. They're gonna come after you again." So it's fair. So it's Archie being a good, good Archie. All right, cool. Cheryl locks Apple in her office, and then she goes out and yells at the rest of the River Vixens um albiard is indisposed so consider this a coup and before any of you reptiles object a word to the wise you owe me this i've been your fellow vixen in hbic for four grueling years and i've never turned my back on you not like you did to me to which veronica goes fact which is crap
1: who owes you shit none of these bitches owe you shit you've terrorized them for four fucking years you didn't come to school a lot either so that,
0: that's well documented. You're mean. They're not even cheerleaders. They're just backup dancers to you. And how do they not stand by you? They chose not to enable you, but now they're fucking scared. This is just bad. It's just stupid. And the fact that Veronica says fact pisses me off because that calls back to when Cheryl says that when it's actually really funny And was accurate at the same time.
1: Oh, and I'm sitting
0: there like, fuck
1: off, Veronica. Yeah. What do you know about this relationship?
0: Veronica, you're enabling Cheryl. Yes. In this moment, so is Tony. Y'all are enabling this horrible behavior by this deeply troubled girl who needs all of the therapy. And probably some medication for a period of time.
1: It's... uh, And then.
0: And then. And then. And then they sing Cherry Bomb, which, okay, if there's one person in the world who can sing Cherry Bomb, it would be Cheryl Blossom. Okay, fine.
1: This rendition sucks. Yes, because the Runaways did it better than anybody ever would.
0: But fine. Fine, whatever. It's not the worst song to pick for Cheryl to be singing while they're cheerleading on the football game and they're they're interspersing it with the action of the game. Okay, fine. But then Cheryl decides to do a bunch of really salacious skirt pulling. Uh-huh. I'm like, what? Whose idea was this? Who the fuck decided that this is what we're- pl- I, um Become old and prude.
1: No, you're not. Because here's the thing we have to remember. Mm-hmm. They're high schoolers. So guess what? You have now explicitly. We've seen pretty risque dances on this show. Yep. And they kind of get away with it. But it is right on her while she is basically pulling her skirt up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's
1: fuck- 17.
0: It's fucking gross.
1: It's disgusting. It's
0: horrible. I it's- don't know
1: how to explain this other than...
0: No, it's just for the shock value. And the thing is, everything else about the routine, the girls are they're doing their dance, pretending to be cheerleader things. And it is sexy and that's fine, but it's not this explicit thing. There's a line and this they totally obliterated it. And it's just gross. Like it's gross. And like I mean, I hate to say it, but CW has a very, very long documented history of doing this. So
1: barf. Not okay. And I don't know how to I, I don't think the words that we're saying can properly state how bad this is.
0: You know, you delete everything with Cheryl, this episode isn't isn't bad. It's fine. It's not great. It might
1: be a little boring, but it's fine.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't be so mad. But yeah, I'm I'm done with Cheryl. Don't even bother trying to rehabilitate her. She's garbage. You could ride her out of the show now and I wouldn't miss her. Fine.
1: But because, it's not gonna happen.
0: Because this is bullshit. And also where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? Gone. He's gone. He's gone into the wind. He has to, he's preparing for the musical where he will sing five notes.
1: I mean, how about this? How about Casey Cott decides, fuck this show. Go do something else. You're way more talented than this. I
0: mean, when they announced that they had been picked up for season five, there were a lot of callbacks to constant woo's reaction to, <laughs> to off the boat. and they're Like, this is great news. No, it's not. No, it's not. And that Like, that's everyone in Riverdale's opinion. No, it's
1: not. Yeah.
0: Yep. Ugh.
1: So meanwhile, there's a football game going on. Uh, Bulldogs lose.
0: (laughs) That's the football game. They lose.
1: They They get a touchdown. They go for two points. They don't get it. They don't get it.
0: We go back to the locker room and Frank's come in. He's like, you know, I don't care what the scoreboard says. You guys played your hearts out. Archie's mad at Frank for giving him the drugs after I told him not to.
1: And rightfully so. He has every
0: right. Frank's like, he came to me. It's his decision. You guys almost won. That could have been the last game we ever played because of you. And that's the truth. Monroe comes in is like, I'm going to Indiana next week to see Notre Dame. It was great. Cool. And, and Archie's like, no one deserves it more. Okay, great. So we go outside. Hiram goes to his car and he sees that it has been scratched. And that in the gas tank is an empty bottle of Luna rum, (laughs) which is like, this is such a lame thing to do, but also like, this is what high schoolers do. A
1: little bit of payback.
0: Just Eh, a little. Just a little bit. People are leaving the football field and Brett's yelling at Betty, hey, I heard your article got killed. And Jacket's like, take the win, Brett. (laughs) Shut up. That's exactly what we did today, Jones. We took the win. And Betty just, you know, my article wasn't killed, Brett. I just started digging and who knows what I'll find. And so Brett's just like, you know, let's do this again. I really like winning against you. Okay. <laughs> and then Cheryl is sitting there with a the snow cone all pleased with herself. And she's like, do you want a lick to Veronica? And I like, sure. takes. She's like, wait, is this maple? Yeah, blossom maple. It's a lovely callback to pre- maple snow cones season two but also idea ding 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 ding
1: hey this is one of the very few things in this episode where i went i was not ready for that and i like it
0: i knew it was coming from comic con cuz was like i knew at some point they were going to team up business wise Oh, well, and i, I didn't just at I, all. and i assumed okay rum maple okay
1: sure. but like i i didn't see it coming and i was like i like this but no i, I this like this is a good development
0: i i'll appreciate how this the idea got into Veronica's head. This is cute. I'm okay. Like, it's stupid as fuck. But with these two characters, okay. We go to the Andrew's house and Archie and Frank are unfolding the pullout bed. And Frank's like, are you sure your mom's okay with this? Well, she's not exactly happy about it, but I told her it was temporary just till you get back on your feet. And Frank's like, you were pretty pissed at me after the game. What? Why the change of heart? And Archie says, everything's a risk. Giving Monroe the pills, Monroe playing, but it paid off and... I saw how happy he was. A year ago, he was in juvie fighting to stay alive. But who knows? Maybe you helped change his life. And this is a really simplistic, hopeful way to look at something that was really fucking stupid. Yeah. But that's also Archie. I like, guess.
1: But again, I don't want Monroe to get no, fucking hooked I, on I don't, opioids. I
0: don't either. But it's also like this is how Archie tends to look at things. And it's also there's a degree of, I hate to call it a level of maturity, but it's there. Archie's not giving in to right versus wrong. I'm just gonna be mad at you and hold a grudge. It's just like, yeah, okay. It is what it is. I it it worked out good. I can't do anything about it now. So like, there's 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 honestly, it's an element of Fred in there.
1: It is. Here's the thing. Will the writers use that to make a good point or a bad one?
0: <sighs> just get rid of RAS, and I'll feel better about things.
1: <laughs> that would be. Wonderful and probably Mm. never going to happen.
0: Nope. Uh,
1: No, he owns all of Archie at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, He's the creative director. Whatever. I don't care. I'm annoyed. Uh, We go over to Pops and Veronica's sit and Cheryl's sitting there enjoying herself. And Veronica's like, hey, the reason I wanted to meet was that snow cone I licked gave me a wicked idea. But I need your help. And Cheryl's like, wicked? Do tell. (laughs) So she gives her a shot. Try this. She's like, ooh, what is this? It's my rum mixed with your maple syrup. It tastes like breakfast on the beach. No, Cheryl. It tastes like money, which is the dumbest fucking line. But also, I don't care because it's funny.
1: And also, stop drinking this early. Gosh. Jeez. You're 17. Yeah.
0: We had over to Honey's office and Mr. Honey's, you know, talking to Betty. He's like, I'm very pleased you came around. This is a stellar article. It's great press for our school, even though we lost the game. And Betty, she has a plan. Oh, we may have lost the game, but we haven't lost the war. I've been doing some more research on Stonewall prep. And did you know they have a world class quiz team? And the captain of that team is none other than athlete, scholar, scumbag, Brett Weston Wallace. And he's like, yeah, but it's only a few weeks away and Riverdale doesn't even have a team. And Betty just kind of gives him that smile. And he's like, Miss Cooper, are you volunteering? Because I would love to get my hands on at least one trophy this year. And Betty says, Principal, honey, at this point in time, there's nothing I would enjoy more. And to give Stonewall Prep a royal ass kicking. And Honey is very excited about this. And he's like, then you have my full support, Captain. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) I I do love this. This is great.
1: Uh, Honey. Honey and Betty.
0: Yeah, this this is fun. I enjoy this. (laughs) We head on over to Stonewall Prep. We're in a classroom. And Jughead walks in. He's like, Dad, what's going on? And it's DuPont and the other Quill and Skull students, and they've got champagne.
1: Including F.P. Yeah,
0: and he's like, uh... And DuPont says, I felt it only appropriate that your father be here to celebrate with us. Celebrate what? You'll be receiving official word by the end of next week, but... You got into Yale, boy! No! <laughs> First joins to go to college, and an Ivy one at that. He is so proud.
1: F.P. is the happiest we've ever seen him.
0: And is like, I don't understand... This is like this is crazy. And then and everyone's like to Jughead and to Brett as well. And Brett's like, yeah, I got into. And who knows? Maybe if we're lucky, we'll be roomies again. Oh, shit. Cut two. one month later. And Betty is in their dorm room and Jughead's side of the room has clearly been cleaned. And she's packing a few things into boxes and Brett comes to the door. Save your tears. No one's watching. Brett, you got your wish, Ponytail. Forsythe isn't going to Yale. So I guess it'll just be you and me in New Haven. Riverdale. So somehow Betty got into Yale. I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's very interesting.
1: I also kind of don't care.
0: <sighs> I I'm kind of just at the point with it where I just like, all right, so what happens? Well, like, it's just like just like
1: fucking I'm, tell us everybody. I'm, I'm
0: over theorizing. Yes. I just am like, just tell me at this point. And we're not
1: going to find out for another twelve episodes, probably. Yep.
0: So we gotta we gotta go back and forth. We gotta have drama. We gotta have an episode where all they do is have sex. Then we have to have parent drama. Then we have to have who got into the other schools. Like, what are the final decisions going to be? We have to have the musical, which we still don't know what it is yet. But I don't care. I do, but I don't. Then we have to have more nonsense, and then then cliffhanger, then reveal dash setup.
1: I I don't know. Yep. I really don't. I mean, we've we have been at this point before, but a lot of times it was you jumped the shark this hard.
0: We're just so mad at we're not mad at story beats. We're mad at the execution of everything because it is so bad. I'm fine with Cheryl being a bitch to the new coach and wanting to get her way because that's Cheryl. But this has gone on too long. It's gone on too far. Why are none of the adults standing up to her? Like directly and being like enough is enough with this bullshit. You know, Jughead and the Secret Society, okay, tell dark secrets, but have them tell dark secrets that gives us insight into who these characters actually are so that we can start to care about them.
1: This goes back to our season two problem. Mm -hmm. Too many episodes.
0: Well, that's always been a problem with this show, with the exception of season one. With the story that they're telling with this whole Jughead's dead thing, they definitely need more than 13. Yeah. So they could probably get away 16, 18 at the most. They don't need 22 to 24. No. They they don't they don't need it at all so yeah
1: and I don't know I, mm-hmm. if if we keep doing shit like this mm-hmm. all right. it's going to be really hard to to keep wanting to watch it
0: we're gonna finish the season but like we've basically what's happened to us every year is I'll finish the season but I don't can't make a decision about the next season until we finish this one yeah and that's just where we're at it's hard there's so much potential here and it's just really shitty unimaginative, and really insensitive execution. Uh, offensive. Very offensive on,
1: on many fronts. And painful to have to watch because it's this... just so blatantly terrible.
0: Well, and you know what's sad is that the first half of the season was actually pretty good. It was. There there were a few like, Ugh, Ugh. moments, but nothing that got this reaction to it. Where I'm like, I fucking hate this right now. I'm
1: so mad. It's like we got the car up to 70 and we crashed it into a brick wall. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's
0: just blatantly bad. <sighs> it's disappointing. But, you know, we have 12 more episodes to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take our quick little break and then we'll come back. We'll have watched the next time on. So, let's go watch the next time on. it's chapter 68, quiz show. Giving Frank a second chance, Archie gets him a job at Andrew's Construction. Betty is determined to defeat Brett and Stonewall Prep at the quiz show championship. Veronica and Cheryl team up for an unlikely business venture. Yeah, so that's the synopsis for next week. And that trailer is only about the quiz
1: show. Which is intense. It's
0: very tense. It's going to be interesting. It looks like we have Betty, Veronica, Tony, and Cheryl on the quiz team.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I j- more Tony, please. Can we just focus on her and like let's fix her character? Let's make her awesome because mm-hmm. she was pretty awesome. They made her boring as fuck. Not anymore. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe she's a kick
1: ass quiz contestant. We do see her her buzzer light up a few times. Yes, yeah, so that'd be cool. So, yeah. Brett's gonna pull some type of stunt. At the yeah,
0: question. he's gonna pull some shit again for those Sabrina watchers. The guy who's in charge of the quiz show, he's on Sabrina this season, they're doing a lot of actor trading, which I do like. It's funny.
1: It's something we kind of wanted them to do in the first place.
0: He's not playing the same character at all, but no. same actor. It's fun to see them pop up, because they film it all in the same place. Yeah. So it's cute. It makes me happy. What little bit of happiness I
1: can gleam. We don't have a lot right now for this show.
0: No, but we also, we have some titles from for some additional episodes, and- I don't know. Usually, it's fun to theorize. What is this one about? Just oh, based God. on the title.
1: Here, let's come up with the absolute worst possible things they're going to be about. Okay, like and we'll come up with our terrible,
0: wildly ridiculous ones. I'm I'm here for that. Hey. All right, chapter sixty nine. Men of honor. <laughs>
1: what? Hmm. Are we getting the RROTC back in? Oh, I I guarantee.
0: You. Okay, we do have a we do have a, a synopsis. My first thought was, yeah, it's going to be about Kevin, because Men of Honor It's going to have military dudes involved. Archie grows concerned over Frank after someone from his past arrives. Betty and Alice's investigation into incidents at Stonewall Prep leads them on a collision course. Tony, Kevin, and Fang seek revenge against Nick St. Clair. Nick St. Clair's coming back? What the fuck? What is
1: happening?
0: I don't know. Oh. But okay, okay, so what did Nick St. Clair do to them? Nothing. No, but what what could he have done in these next two episodes that would lead them seeking revenge? Which also, Kevin
1: and Fangs, yay. Nothing. They're going back after him for what he did to Cheryl.
0: None of them were around when that happened. It's and not
1: going to matter. That's what they're going to do. It's, I swear. That's no, what they're it's not. Be.
0: No, they're not because they have no dog in that fight, and the girls already beat the shit out of him for that one.
1: Hey, I'm just. No. I'm just saying.
0: He has to have done some, like there has to be some business venture that would directly affect Tony and Fangs and Kevin. And I'm trying to think what it could be. He bought out their bike dealership somewhere or he's stealing the land from Tony's family or something, something, because I know Tony's family is going to play a bigger role in this this season or just, we're supposed to get like more about her backstory at some point. So that would be interesting. Someone from Frank's past, somebody he was in the army with for sure. Yeah. Has to be. Okay. Episode chapter 70, the Ides of March. Worried about what the future may hold for him after high school, Archie seeks advice from an unlikely source. Veronica begins to spiral after learning devastating news. Accusations leave Jughead's future hanging in the balance. Okay. Archie's going to go ask Kyrum for advice. Unlikely source.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Hey, Archie wants some direction on how to be successful and what to do with himself. Hiram has seen Archie in many different facets. Yeah. Veronica, someone's going to die. Spry. Probably- no, Abuelita. Oh. Boy. That makes it messier with the whole rum thing. Yeah. Accusation leaves Jughead's future in the bounce. He gets accused of stealing plagiarism. That's what's going to happen. Sure. Sure. Why not?
1: It's They're not doing great here.
0: Oh, okay, great. Chapter 71,
1: how to get away with murder. Somebody is murdered. Oh, okay. This is where it starts. Yep. And this keeps me back on track with what we said the whole time. This is his story. Mm-hmm. This is not an actual murder.
0: So that will be the episode where we see. Okay. Okay. Cool. The accusations have something to do with the incidences at Stonewall. We've already I've established that before as a possibility. Okay. Grandpa's got to return. Grandpa, Grandpa needs to return. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Pieces are coming together. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: so the accusations put Jughead in a really shitty position where now he feels threatened and it's going to lead back to the, the skull and quill or quill and skull. I don't remember what they're called. Stupid, stupid. And Jughead's got to write this story. How to get away more is how he starts writing the story that will become the plan to enact the thing that we keep seeing. The cover up. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. There we go. See, I solved it. And then we get to watch. That's episode 14. So then we get to watch eight more episodes of crap. (laughs) Cool.
1: (laughs) I'm not (laughs) good. Uh, I'm about to cry, by the way. It's, that's where I'm headed. It's cracking from laughter to tears. Okay.
0: Okay. Dear listener, David will be over it by tomorrow.
1: I will, but for right now, it's
0: not good, y'all. This is, thank, thank you for coming to Riverdale Therapy. When we <laughs> complain about the show. This is, this is where we put all of our angers in the world and we focus them on this show that is deeply problematic, and yet we have not looked away in four seasons. Why? Thank you.
1: Why? I Think. don't know. <sighs>
0: Because he boxed a bear, and we can't
1: not. It's just it's just. I'll never, I'll never forgive slash forget that. It will be one of the most memorable things I've seen on television, and also one of the most infuriating things I've ever seen on television.
0: You have to box the bear. A bear. A fucking bear. That's what this show has come to. But also, it gave us Fred Andrews, and like Aww. someone's been sharing that meme, just like about hit like the whole like you're becoming a dog you have to make decisions and just be assured enough about them that you don't have to lie about it i'm like Fuck you, Fred, i don't want to hear this i'm running away you can't catch me freddie Andrews. i can't hear you <laughs> all right until next time hashtag go bulldogs. no bulldogs no bulldogs no no hashtag no bulldogs Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at Macintosh and at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.